Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Um, since we are still in our period of consecration, which we call our 100 days fast, iron sharpened iron, I want to use some few Wednesdays to um, build some few thoughts on fasting. Though you are listening to teachings on fasting, I need to still enlighten you on what you're doing and um, so you can understand that this spiritual sacrifice is worth it. Hallelujah. Um, so maybe, I don't know how we're going to do it, but maybe you can title it, What Fasting Does to a Man. If you're a woman, you change it. What fasting does to a man? What fasting does to a man? Hallelujah. Now, when we read the book of Isaiah chapter 58, I strongly believe it's the only chapter of the entire Bible that begins to explain the entire spiritual concept of fasting. So I always um, love to advise or counsel people that if you really want to know what fasting is, you've got to read Isaiah 58 almost every day. Uh, but before we go into that, there are four appetites that are in every man that you need to know about yourself. If you don't know these four appetites, life will take you by shock and you may not be able to handle some of these appetites because you don't understand them. Hallelujah. Now, the first appetite every Christian should know is what we call the food appetite. When we speak of appetite, we're speaking of a craving something you long for, something you crave for, you know. So the first appetite is the food appetite. So we call that the craving for food. Everybody has a craving for food. It's an appetite. The second appetite is what we call the greed appetite, which is the appetite that is not satisfied. The appetite that always wants more for itself. It's a certain selfishness that is embedded in every man. We call that a greed appetite. If you notice, by nature, we human beings are just greedy. By nature. So if you find yourself to be a selfless person, one thing you should understand is that it's divine. Amen? Amen? If you notice that gradually you're becoming more selfless, you think about others more than yourself, it's a sign that there's something divine at work inside your life. Amen? So the second appetite is what? Greed appetite. The third appetite is called the sex appetite. Now, with this one, I may need to do some little correction here um, because sometimes this concept has not been explained well. So a lot of times when people have appetite for sex, they think it's a sin 
or they think that um, something strange has happened to them. But actually, God placed that appetite there. Praise God. There is a design, appetite for sex in every human being. And it's not a sin. The challenge is where you put that direction. Hallelujah. So, there are people who have condemned themselves extremely anytime they realize that there is that desire. So, with that one, there's, there's something we used to place as a lock, a temporal lock, which we call self-control. Praise God. That's the, that's the um, lock for that drive that is in every man. Everybody has it. So it's not a crime. It's not a sin. But how you execute it is where the problem is. Then number four, we have spiritual appetite. This is very, very interesting. Now, the spiritual appetite is a man's craving for God. It's a man's craving for God. Now, we need to understand that when these first three appetites are not well balanced, it can mislead us in our journey with God. In other words, if we don't um, regulate our food appetite, our greed appetite, and our sex appetite, what is going to happen to us is that these three appetites have the capacity to kill our spiritual appetite. Praise God. So what happens is that the more you increase these three appetites, or the more you allow these three appetites to grow out of proportion in your life, what happens is that you give yourself the opportunity to kill your spiritual appetite. It's a very important point you need to note now. So if you find yourself uh, degrading in your spiritual appetite, which is your craving for God, it's a simple sign that uh, one of these three has taken ascendancy or gained ascendancy in your life. It's obvious that if you eat too much, it is very difficult for you to get spiritual. Likewise, there are others. Are you getting that? So what happens is that when a man begins to spend time increasing his spiritual appetite or growing more in spiritual appetite, that desire and that craving he has for God has a certain supernatural way of regulating these three and then taming them and not allowing them to go out of boundary. Please, are you following this? So it is really very necessary for every child of God to spend time growing in spiritual appetite. Hallelujah. And growing in spiritual appetite is not an accident. It's not something that we wait to happen. It's not something that happens to us. It's something that we make happen. Are we following that? So if you realize that there's something wrong with your spiritual appetite, just check one of these three. One of them is just malfunctioning in your life. Hallelujah. So um, a lot of times there are people who think that they cannot live without food. And some of these things are mental barriers that uh, limit us from being able to um, pay the necessary price to be able to enjoy more of God. 
food is not the most important thing in the essential chain. Amen. The most important thing that every man requires to live is number one, air, which we call breath. That's the first essential. I'm giving you four essentials so you can write it down. The first essential is what? Is air. If I hold your nostrils, I don't think you're surviving two minutes. You'll die. So the first essential in a man's life is what? Is air, which we call breath. Now, the second essential is not even food, amazingly. The second essential is water. The second essential in every man's life is water. Surprisingly also, the third essential is not even still food. The third essential is sleep. If you go without water for more than seven days, it can be very dangerous. You are, you are, you are just almost about to die. If you go without bread for, for more than two minutes, you're just about to die. If you go without sleep for almost two weeks, you will die. Amen? Then we come to the fourth essential, which is now food. Which is very interesting. The average man who doesn't have any underlying health condition can live close to 55 days without food before dying. Please, are you following this? So, that thing that comes to you early in the morning around 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock, that makes you feel like you're about to die when you are fasting is the flesh. It's some things in your members. It's like the kind of training you are giving to your body over time. For example, you eat every um, 10 a.m. And maybe you take maybe wache or maybe you take oats or you take beans. 10 a.m. <laughs> now, if you have done that over time, what happens is that the body adjusts. Now, this is very important your body can be able to adapt to your, your eating pattern. So if you eat every 10 a.m., and it gets to a time when it's 10 o'clock and you don't give the body the food it, it's expecting to have at 10 o'clock, it will react. It will, it will trigger your hunger but which actually doesn't necessarily mean that you are hungry, but because you have been giving it food every 10 o'clock, it's telling you it's time. Are you following this thing? So, most of the time, the, the hunger that you've been feeling when you are fasting, especially when you're not even fasting 6 to 6, that hunger I've been feeling is not the normal hunger. It is what we call the artificial hunger. Amen. So, most of the time, the hunger that we have been feeling normally it's not the normal hunger that, we, that God intended us to have. It's artificial. One of the ways of restoring your natural hunger is when you go without food and only water for 40 days. That's when your natural hunger is restored. Now, don't try it. 
just manage but I'm just telling you amen so you must be able to discipline your body when you begin to experience certain hunger you know sometimes you have a lot of these uh, how many have experienced dizziness so far in this fast if you have lift up your hands let me see dizziness it's as though you're about to collapse <laughs> lift up your hands let's see okay uh, bring your hands down how many have experienced feverishness when you started you felt feverish as if you're getting malaria lift <laughs> lift up your hands let me see okay good so we have some few people how many experienced terrible headaches lift up your hands let me see terrible very terrible headaches okay so we have a few hands also how many felt um like puking i mean how many felt like vomiting when they started the fast you felt like vomit don't worry you are not pregnant just <laughs> lift your hands let me see Everybody's afraid when I said puking. <laughs> How many feel like vomiting? Okay, maybe you don't want to lift up your hands. That's okay. Fine. But some of all these symptoms is your body tell you, telling you that your body telling you that, that ah, why didn't you tell me we are going this long? What's the meaning of that? Eh? Why are you doing this to me? This is not the normal way we have been living. Why are you changing it? Yeah, that's, that's what your body is telling you. And most of it is hard time you have to fight. Telling, hey, master, fear. Speak, speak to that body and tell the body that, listen, I've changed my pattern. And one, once you, you, you start to rebel against your... Um, body system it's also going to fight you please are you getting this so most of you your body is attacking you because you are taking no for an answer so most of the time all the poisons and the toxins that you know the food you have been eating most of the food you have been eating especially the carbohydrates the ice creams the pizza the chicken the sausage almost all these things that we have been eating is actually sicknesses we are piling for ourselves are we getting this thing? Now, I'm not speaking as well. I don't eat some of them. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that most of the food that we're eating, about 70% of the foods we eat in Ghana are not correct. Praise God. Especially if you like enjoying sausage. It's terrible. Amen. Especially for your health. I'm told that the chemicals that they place in ice cream eh, is like you eating plastic. Yes. The one you have been doing. <laughs> we call it vanilla. Strawberry. It has enough capacity to kill you as time goes on. Slow poison. Amen uh-huh. You know, some of the meats that you have been eating, I've, I don't know if I've said it here, I've said this several times, that there are foods you have eaten seven years ago, it's still in your intestines. It's in your stomach line. Seven years ago, can you imagine? 
especially the hard indigestible meats that have been eating. They've not digested yet. Seven years. Especially the ones you don't chew well. You know, sometimes when you have a lot of meat, eh, out of greed, you want to finish the meat. So you don't take your time to chew the meat. So you see, many people don't know that maybe this is a free advice. You have to chew very, very well before you swallow. Especially this meat and this chicken. Especially meat. You have to chew it very, very well. You see, some of you chew when it becomes rubber tight and you, <laughs> you swallow it. <laughs> so it enters into your system the same hard way you ate it. And your body doesn't have what it takes to be able to digest it within the time you're expecting it to digest. So you may poo-poo the next day, but it's not everything that came. There are some that got stuck in your stomach lineries. And what happens is that after seven years, in fact, if you hear someone who had colon cancer, it's actually rotting food that caused it. So many people don't know that when you are fasting, one man said, fasting is surgery without a knife and that's interesting fasting is one of the healthiest way of living fasting is one of the healthiest way of living unfortunately many people don't know this it's true if you live a fasted life you live a healthy life because what happens is that you see even when you work on a land Okay, when you grow crops on a land for many years, the, the, the land loses its fertility as time goes on. So there's a period called the fallow period where the land is uh, left bare for seven years for it to regain its fertility. Then you start growing crops, right? Now, it's the same with our body system. Even with a car, have you realized that when you use a car for about five months or three months, you have to change the oil because the oil becomes dirty. You have to replace it. It's the same with our body system. So some of us, the food we've been eating is actually dirty oil in our system and we've got to change it. And one of the ways of doing spiritual, uh, in fact, physical servicing on our body is fasting. So when you fast, let me tell you what happens, especially when you go on a longer fast, like water fast, fruit fast, for like three days, water fast for like two days, now, what happens is that the body now needs some food to digest because it doesn't have the food to digest. Hmm? It goes for that leftover food that is inside your system for six months. So it can feed on it and by feeding on it, it clears it from your system. So what happens is that when you drink a lot of water, it begins to flush your system. Please, are you following this? So anytime you are fasting very well, you are sweating, you are actually bringing toxins out of your system. That is how come anytime you are doing a fast, please, drink a lot of water. Many of you forget this thing and it's not healthy. When you are fasting, a lot of toxins come out of the, the, the body and it's just requiring water to flush it out to help you to be healthy. So when you begin a fast like that, your urine is normally yellow. 
as you keep drinking water a lot, it changes to white. It's a sign you're getting healthy. And you are flushing a lot of toxins out of your system. You'll be shocked. A lot of the sugar you take doing fasting, if you drink a lot of water, you realize that it flushes all these things out of your system. Am I helping someone? So, um, it is very important for us to understand that fasting is one of the ways of keeping ourselves very healthy. In fact, there are two um, major causes of sicknesses. Number one is the food we eat and number two is caused by demons. So if you find people who are terribly, extremely sick, number one is the food we eat. Number two is what? It's caused by demons. So whilst you are dealing with the demons through prayer and fasting, we have to be checking some few things, especially like, let's say, late eating. You eat like meat, 11 p.m., it's not a sign of good living. No. I'm telling you, it's a, it's, a, it's a sign of gradual death. You know? So it's better you eat heavy in the day. You, you, no matter how hungry you are, listen, don't listen to that body. Yo. It's better you take some tea or you take some little oats or you take some fruit. You won't die. That thing that comes to mind that you die, you die. Please, you will not die. Amen. You will not die, I'm telling you. So initially, when you start like that, your body is going to behave funny as though you are sick, as though you, are, you have this, as though you're uncomfortable, as though you are tired, as though you are... After like two weeks of consistency, then your body adjusts to the new system you are introducing it to. Please, are you getting this thing? So listen to me. You can change your body system when you understand the consistency of fasting. Amen. Amen. So, many also don't know that when you fast, you actually save money. <laughs> eh? Because right now, see, the economy, you can't eat twice a day. <laughs> uh, you don't know this thing. Right now, even beans is expensive. It's, uh, those who have been buying, how much is it now? Five cities. So beans, now they don't sell three cities. Those times you can buy beans two cities. You can buy beans three cities. Now you have to buy from five. Hallelujah. So now imagine, you see right now, in these last days, you cannot eat too much. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a free advice. So if you were, if you were, if you were born to eat, if you are the type that you were born like that, there's trouble for you. Please, are we getting this? So, in a good fast like that, the more you take advantage of it, the more you save a lot of money. Some of you have saved yourself from breakfast. You have saved yourself from lunch. Okay, some eat around 2, 3 o'clock when they break their fast. They don't eat again. Or maybe they drink tea. <laughs> okay, I'm talking to the wrong audience. Charlie, let's close here. Eh? Let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. <laughs> I don't think I'm talking to a church tonight. 
said, eh, eh. <laughs> Where is he? Go home. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, please, I hope you are learning something tonight. Okay. So, um, let's read uh, from the verse 3. Isaiah chapter 58 from the verse 3. There are about five things I want you to see before we go into what happens to you when you fast. That is, so when it's exactly 8.30, I'm going to close you. And then we do the sales. So now watch. He says, wherefore have we fasted, say they? But thou seest not. That means you can fast and God will not see. He says, wherefore have we afflicted our soul and now takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find what? Pleasure. And exert all your labors. Now look at the verse 4. It says, Behold, ye fast for strife and debate. That means you fast in quarreling and debates and smite with a feast of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this way to make your voice to be heard on high. This is amazing. Next verse. He says, is this such a fast that I've chosen for a day for a man to afflict his soul? Um, is it to bow down his head as a bar rush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Would I call this a fast and an acceptable deal to the Lord? Now, in these um, three verses that I just read, there are five things I want you to note here. Number one, God sees our fasting. Now, these five things will encourage you. I'm telling you. So, anytime you are fasting, encourage yourself with these five things according to these verses. Number one, God what? Sees a fast. Now, that's in the verse three. Remember when the angel appeared to Daniel when he fasted 21 days. The angel said, from the very first day you decided to fast, I, the Lord, heard you. That's very encouraging. So, number one, God sees what? A fast. You see? How, he says, wherefore have we fasted? Say they, and thou seest not. That means God sees our fasting. Number two, God takes knowledge of our fasting. Anytime you begin to fast, God knows my daughter is fasting. This is amazing, no? He knows that my daughter is fasting. He knows my, my son is fasting. He takes knowledge of it. Number three, God hears every fasting prayer that is according to his will. God hears every fasting prayer according to his will. That's the verse 4. God hears every fasting prayer that is according to his will. Number 4. God's choice is fasting. Now look at the verse 6. God's choice is fasting. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? That means fasting was not man's idea. Fasting is God's choice. So that means when a believer gives himself to a true fast, he's doing what God himself has appointed. That means he's doing God's will. Are we following this? Now, number five. Every true fast 
is acceptable to the Lord. That's the verse 5. Every true fast is what? Acceptable. The verse 5. To the Lord. He says, what I call this fast an acceptable day unto the Lord. That means any genuine fast is acceptable or accepted by God. So anytime you're fasting, you've got to encourage yourself with these powerful thoughts from Isaiah 58. So now, what begins to happen, happen to a man that gives himself to fasting? Now, I'm sure um, when we begin to talk about this, someone will be like, so man of God, I've been fasting, but I'm not seeing myself in this. Now, you see, we begin to enjoy the real benefit of fasting when we maintain its consistency. Write that down. We begin to enjoy the real benefits of fasting when we maintain its consistency. You don't fast two days and you just leave, leave it like that. No. It's in the maintenance of his consistency that you begin to see the real benefit of the fast. I've seen people who fasted and they are discouraged. They said, ah, this thing is not real. Now, if you want to know um, real effect and benefits of fasting, you can look at my life. Yes. Amen. All right, let's go into the, th uh, the things that happens to those who fast. Number one, now, God begins to tell us from, okay, let's read from the verse 7. It begins to tell us how we should fast. Now, maybe come to the verse 6 so that we can read it, okay? Now, look, he said, is this not the fast that I've chosen? So, he's, he's about to explain some few things that we need to do when we are fasting. He says to lose the bands of wickedness. That means you can't be wicked when you are fasting. Are you getting this thing? Then he says to undo heavy burdens. That means make people's lives better. Release people from bed because people are already suffering. Don't worsen it. Let the oppressed go free and that he break every yoke. The verse 7. Is it not to do thy bread to the hungry? That means, you know, um, a lot of times people only think when they are fasting, you're supposed to be in the room. So someone says, I'm, I'm not getting a private place to fast. So my fasting is not correct. Actually, from when we read from the book of Isaiah 58, we get to realize there are portions of fasting that needs to be public. <laughs> because how do you do thy bread to the hungry if you're indoors? Please, are we getting this thing? Yes. So, there are people who said, oh, my work, so because of my work, I don't think my fasting is quality. God knows, he knows you are working. He knows you are working. So, he understands the context that you are in. So, he provides grace to be able to meet that hard desire within the fast whilst you are working. But this is interesting. He says, is it not to do that bread to the hungry? That means, there are first things you practice also act outwardly praise God so how do you meet the, the hungry to give them bread if you are not outside so don't let that mentality that I'm not getting a private place so my fasting is not correct that thing is, 
It can be a fallacy. Of course, there are times you need private times to the Lord. But also, there are times you need public times to be able to do good to people within a fast. Am I helping someone? Because you see, <laughs> you know, when you are fasting and you are alone, eh, it is easy. Hmm? When you are staying with a roommate, the Holy Ghost will use the roommate to make you angry. To be able to train you on how to be patient. Uh, I just said something here. When you are fasting, sometimes it's necessary that you are also with other people. The Holy Ghost will use that fast as a training ground for you. And he uses those things to really actually highlight things that are in your heart that you have not paid attention to. <laughs> Hallelujah. So maybe you like gossiping. If you are alone, you will not realize it. You, if you are alone in the room, you think you are spiritual. <laughs> I'm telling you because it's, oh, hile mama, hile mama, hile mama, you just pray, you read your Bible. Nobody is there to insult you. For us to see whether you can insult back. <laughs> Nobody is there to say anything that will anger you. For us to know whether you are an avenger. You know? Nobody is there to tempt you for you to do something. What to, for us to know whether you are a living epistle or a living epistle. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there are sometimes it is good it happens that way because God will use some of these things. Sometimes your phone must be on. Someone must call you and provoke you. You must read some messages that... <laughs> It's part of it. So, what I'm trying to say is that there are people who say that. See, listen, you can never live your entire life in privacy. Even Jesus didn't. There are portions of your life that must be lived in private. There are portions that must be lived what? In public. That's how God can be able to train you. If you're alone, you never see a lot of things wrong with you. If you're in the midst of people, ah, katima la kuapash. You'll be in the fast, your wife will call you. Aki, where are you? I said, oh, I'm praying. So, uh, so you, that means you don't, give, you don't care about the children. Oh, is it me? Does it mean I don't care about children? If I don't call, does it mean I don't care about the children? <laughs> you, are, you are in the fast. <laughs> okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. So, uh, why, why are you doing that? I said I'm coming. <laughs> they remember you in the first. You are the farm bunch of boy. Am I teaching good here? So at that time, in that fast, eh, it will be tested. We will see your patience. Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll see your patience. Your mother will call you and anger you. I just prophesied. Ah. <laughs> Someone will speak to you rudely. Am I teaching good here? Good. So, 
He said, is it not to deal thy, with thy bread to the hungry and now you bring the poor that are cast down into thy house? That one, you don't, you don't even have a house. <laughs> to bring anybody in there. So you just maintain your... <laughs> so this scripture, when you get there, just bypass it. Okay? Why? <laughs> you know if you have a land to bring a person to the land. So when you get here, just bypass it. Uh, even me, the one talking, I don't have a house. <laughs> so when you get there, don't worry, just bypass it. Me myself, I'm in a hurry to bypass it. When thou seest the naked, thou cover him. When we are fighting temptation, we should see the naked. Okay. I don't know why is that wrote that, but let's continue. And thou that hide don't hide not thyself from thy own flesh. Are you seeing? So fasting is not always hiding. What we call hiding. <laughs> so don't be always bothered when you are not getting a certain level of privacy you're looking for because that one can become a stronghold. You are saying that no, my fasting is not effective. Eh? I need, I need, I need. At the at point I was bothered by that because sometimes my son will come and worry me and all that. I learned to pray in tongues in the, in the presence of my son whilst he's playing football in the prayer room. At first, I was bothered. In fact, I locked him more than three or four times. Then he'll be crying. Daddy, boop, 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 boop. I put headphones in my ears. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost told me that, listen, you, don't, you can't do that. That's your son. Don't let my, your son feel that you have left him always like that. So, son, I have to, he'll be playing football. Then he'll, not the ball, not the ball, not the ball, not the ball, not the ball. He did that to me when he came the last time. Now, my papers are always no bring him back here. And we go around and we check the books. Then we check the books to you read it. <laughs> and you are praying, and it seems to be destroyed. It's all part of it too. Develop yourself in that develop yourself in that place. Because if you're always looking for a place to hide, you'll always never get it. I just spoke to someone's heart today. Amen. So he says that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. Then he begins to tell us something amazing. I'm going to use 15 minutes to talk about it. Today, when I say 15 minutes, I mean 50 minutes. Number one, he says, then shall thy light Break forth as the morning. That's the first thing that happens to a man that fast. Light. Now, the word light in the Hebrew actually is ore, O-R-E, which means illumination, brightness, and clarity. Illumination, brightness, and clarity. So one of the things that happens to people that fast is that they begin to experience light. But you see, the good news I love here is that the light shall break forth as the morning. Do you know that when it's morning, nothing can stop the morning? No matter how the darkness remains, it can't stop 
the moon from rising. Are you realizing that? So he's actually saying that one of the benefits of fasting or what happens to people who fast is that they become unstoppable. So when he speaks of light here, actually he's speaking about four things. Can I share with you? Number one is revelation. So anytime you are in a, you are in a fast under the right climate and you take the Bible to read, the Holy Ghost can bring you revelation. That is unique to you. Number two, when we speak of life, you're speaking of freedom. Acts chapter 26, the verse 18. Throws more light on what I'm talking about in the second point. Look, it says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. He's speaking about this in terms of light. Because when your eyes are open, he says you are turned from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. So, what you experience is freedom. Freedom that comes from enlightenment. Remember, when we are speaking of what happens to people in fast, don't forget, fasting does not stand alone. Right? So, we are speaking of what happens to those who fast. We are saying that this is what happens to those who fast and maintain the content of fasting. So those who study the Bible when they are fasting, those who listen to anointed messages when they are fasting, those who observe silence and meditation when they are fasting, those who do intercession when they are fasting, those who observe thanksgiving, worship and praises during fasting, those who open and yield their hearts to God when they are fasting, and those who give when they are fasting. He says you are going to experience the liberty and freedom that comes along with open eyes. And number three, what we mean by light is transformation. Every true fast will transform you. It's part of the light you experience. Something changes out of your life. The Holy Ghost will pinpoint some things in your life that didn't go well or doesn't go well. If you are very discerning, you, you observe it. And last point is good works. That's also light. Remember in uh, Matthew 5, 16, he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good, works, your good works. So when he says your light shall break forth, he's saying your good works will break forth. Nothing will stop it. That's number one. Now, quickly, let's go to number two. Now, he says, and I want, thy what? Ah, oh, you're not here with me. Die? Health. That means the second thing that happens to those who fast is their health shall break forth speedily. Their health shall spring forth speedily. People who fast very well are healthy people. Now the word health shall spring forth actually means restoration to soundness. Restoration to soundness. Now, mind you, when we speak of health in this context, okay, it is opposed to sickness. It's opposed to what? Sickness. And when you read the Bible carefully, you will notice that there are four kinds of sicknesses. There are four kinds of sicknesses. So when it speaks of your health, pay attention to that. 
He's saying that you will not experience any of these four kinds of sicknesses. Now, the first kind of sickness is what we call spiritual sickness. An example of spiritual sickness is prayerlessness, lukewarmness, spiritual dryness. They are all spiritual sicknesses. And there are many believers who are suffering from some of these sicknesses. Worldliness is a spiritual sickness. Idolatry, spiritual sickness. Let's do it quickly. Second kind of sickness is what we call soulish sickness. Now, what is soulish, soulish sickness? They are the sicknesses that you experience in your emotions. Emotional sickness. Emotional sickness. One of them is depression. Lack of joy. These are all soulish sickness. So you see, don't always think that when we talk of sickness, we're talking of something that is physical. If you are prayerless, you are sick. But your sickness is spiritual. Please, are you following this? So there are emotional sicknesses which are in the soul, of which some are envy. Envy is actually an emotional sickness. Now the third kind of sickness is what we call physical sickness. Physical sickness. Diabetes. Kidney problems. And then the fourth kind of sickness is what we call demonic sickness. So when he says your health shall spring forth speedily, he's telling you that you walk in a certain divine health that covers you against these four areas of sicknesses. Please, are you following this? So listen to me, there are demonic sicknesses. There was a young guy that had a dream that a dog had beaten him. When he rose up, he began to have some experience. When he went to the hospital, they said he has leukemia. How? There was a woman who had a dream that an old lady had injected her. When the woman injected her, the woman said, Mama will HIV. When she woke up, she was experiencing some kind of sicknesses. She went to do a checkup. She was HIV positive. These things are real. Though. Oh, there was one guy who had a dream that someone, had, a snake had bitten him. When he woke up, he saw, he saw the snake bite literally on his leg. Praise God. Some of these things are very real. We, we can't joke with them. You know, and most of the time, some of these spiritual sicknesses, some of these demonic sicknesses, you know, they happen to believers who don't have spiritual stamina and strength. If your life is, if you put um, metal eh, on a coal of fire eh, and you lift up the metal after, let's say, two days, do you see how red hot it is? Can a house fly stoop on it? You, you, you can't. And you see, one thing people have not realized is that when your life is at a certain pedigree of hotness, certain things can stoop on your life. Am I helping someone today? 
So most of the time, some of these demonic sicknesses are coming from that realm. You're a student. Anytime it's time for exam, you get sick. Anytime, two days to exam, you get sick. You are not able to write your exam until you are done. When the exam is over, then you are fine. Every, it started from X, SS. Come on. You can't take anything for granted. Go on a fast and let's see if it will survive. It won't. And unfortunately, some of these things are as easy as A, B, C, D, but a whole, a whole prophet made your tight out of it. I'm teaching good here. You know, so one of the things that the benefit of fasting gives to you, when you, when you do it with all seriousness, is that it gives you a certain level of health. I'm telling you. Quickly, number three, it says your righteousness shall go before thee. When fasting has been well practiced, well practiced, it corrects every error in your life. It corrects error in your life. That means it puts you on the path of righteousness. Hallelujah. All right, so we have five minutes. Number four. He says, the glory of God shall what? Be thy re reward. So, number four, the glory of God shall defend you. That's the word re-reward. Defense. Those who do proper fasting begin to enjoy unusual protection. Unusual protection. Today I went somewhere with someone who was who was driving the car. So whilst driving, the police stopped us. He didn't have his license. I had mine, but I was not the one driving. And they were stopping us. In fact, these are people who are not laughing straight. You can't even beg. And I didn't also want to beg anyway. So in my mind, I said, What can come can come? Because we had our license, but so he said, what is the license? I said, we can take a picture for you. He said, no, 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 no. Within two seconds, he says, you know something? Go. It was a big shock. Honestly, very big shock. I'm telling you. Because the number of people they had arrested on the road. There was a time on the fast. <laughs> Some time ago, I hadn't, I hadn't, done my license here and I saw three police officers when I took the turn and I saw them I knew I couldn't go reverse <laughs> it was too late as I was going I was watching their face I said Lord help me blindfold them and they started watching my face like this. all the three of them like this <laughs> and I passed when I passed the car that followed me was stopped <laughs> Unusual what? Protection. The glory.
glory of God. That means there's a certain glory that appears upon your life. This is a serious matter. There's a glory that appears on your life. That becomes a source of protection for you. In an accident, you'll be shocked. While people are cleaning blood, you are cleaning dust. You'll be shocked. Unusual protection. Are we following this? Number five, answered prayer. Now, I need to, I need to explain this to so you understand it. Now, remember I told you last week that God does not answer fasting. He answers prayer. So don't be confused. Don't think it is your fasting that makes God answer your prayer. He doesn't answer fasting. He answers what prayer. But there is a certain activity that fasting accomplishes. Fasting is like a facilitator. What fuel is to fire? Fasting is to prayer. So you see, we need to understand that fasting actually is a matter of agency in heaven. So when we say one of the benefits of fasting is answered prayer, what we are saying is that when you are fasting, eh, you are saying that you are trusting God for something which you think is more important to you than the, the, the things you treasure as most important, you have laid it aside. Like food, like game, like social media, you have put it down and you, you, and you, have, you are making a plea or a cause concerning something you are trusting God for. Now, on the first, you are telling God that this particular issue is a matter of agency. Are, are you getting this thing? Now, have you ever seen somebody who has been arrested by the police, they are putting handcuffs on him, and the guy is saying that, uh, I want to eat banku. Please, have you seen that before? There is something that happens. You are so much under pressure that you don't even think of food. There are some of you, there are issues going on in your life and you have trivialized it so much that you are not letting God see how important that thing is to you by the way you are behaving. Please, I hear what I'm saying. So, the moment you shift into fasting, you are making that need you are placing before God a matter of what? Agency. That God, Charlie, my girl, why are the Lord? This matter is so serious to me that Lord, I've put my food aside. So, it's a matter of agency. In fact, for information, there are millions of Christians who are making prayer every day. So, let's assume this Bible I'm holding. Hmm? These are prayer requests in heaven. In today's Bible, has how many pages? Thousand five hundred and sixty-one. Now, Odiana, thousand four hundred and sixty-nine. Udi beans. <laughs> hey, we are watching Kusha too. You're on social media. <laughs> Emergency. And I was listening. Nana Joe didn't come up. What for boys, boys? 
And I drop a window, maybe. 11 o'clock. Mascatella. Only Mascatella, we are. Now we are. A cappella. Mirinda. Honey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm saying that uh, uh, my case. <laughs> My case can be adjourned. <laughs> I'm teaching you spiritual things here. I'm teaching you spiritual things. <laughs> when you are on a fast, you are saying that this case is a matter of what? Agency. It needs to be attended to now. When God checks all the fast, 1,500 something, something, and yours is 1,400. And you're on a fast, you are praying in the morning. You go and pray, Father, these are my expectations, Lord. Please let something happen, Lord. Now, show up here 10 minutes, you go back to the office. You feel, you feel hungry, and the Lord is watching. You go again, Lord, my mother's job. My mother's job. For your information, one of our members fasted for the father eh? because the father lost his job. The father received two contracts. She's going to share the testimony on Sunday. So, you see, some of you don't know that you are holding the keys eh, to doors for your parents. And you are sitting down trivializing some of these things. So, you go back and say, Father, my father's issue. Lord, this issue on the marriage. Lord, it's a serious matter. Lord, this issue on this new job. Lord, it's a serious matter. This issue on the promotion. I've sent my CV here. They said they'll get back. They've not gotten back. Lord, this is a serious matter. I'm, God, this one is a serious matter. Now, what you are doing is that you are saying that, mm, this girl, this girl, uh, 1,400. This is, uh, uh, Gabriel, what can we do about this matter? Okay, you shifted from 1,400 uh, to 331. The next you are saying the same. They say, hey! The next day, Lord, this is my expectation, Lord. Then you are praying. Then you are praying. You are observing this thing. He says, the thing will shift from 331 to 207. You shift from 207. As you keep continuing, it comes to 115. Because as you are fasting, others are also fasting. <laughs> So as you do that, it moves from 115, it comes to uh, 3. Until all the other bad 3, no, no, be as you fast in 3 days, I count now the number 55. <laughs> 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 that one is my action film, I'm asking. <laughs> Is that thing clear? So, the thing is that the reason why fasting facilitates answered prayer is because you treat, fasting makes you treat your prayer life as a matter of what? Agency. I've done what today. Clap for me. It's not my normal life. It's not my normal life. If you see me preach for one eye, it's a miracle. I'm telling you, it's the truth. I don't preach one hour. 